The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in pain. Dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith, Mandalorians, Wookiees, Twi'leks, clones, both regs and Bad Batch alike. And yes, finally, you Transdotians as well, because with this is an inclusive podcast to another exciting episode of the new force order for we are a star wars podcast and if you have not realized that by now there is no hope for you or your parents or your siblings or your dog or your cat or your anybody spot. your dog spot that's right and your cat mcfluffins there is no hope for you sunshine whatsoever and doc for those unfortunate individuals who do not have hope besides being trekkies what can they not do they can't build rebellions because rebellions are built on hope Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're one week closer to the Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. We're actually two weeks away. I think 13 days or 14 days. Right? What's yeah. today? The 14th? 14 days on the nose, baby. There we go. Two weeks, baby. Two weeks. So how long do you plan to stay on Mars? Two weeks. Have you brought any fruits or vegetables onto the planet? Two weeks. Excuse me? Two weeks. Two weeks. Things are getting hotter. 
right. From one of the greatest, hopefully greatest. This series. year, Christmas is on December 29th. Yeah, you ain't kidding, brother. You are not kidding. That's all a meme where guys Xing out days on the calendar and the wife's like, I'm done making your sandwich for you. But what are you doing? Counting down your days to Christmas? He's like, no, woman. Book a Boba Fett. Now go make me a second sandwich. And she did it. But I digress. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is GGP, a.k.a. Greek God Papadon. I am a professional wrestler. Multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away. Current champion in four different promotions. That's right, Greeky Four Belts, bitches. And I am a Star Wars aficionado. And alongside with me on this journey is a looming Sith ghost in the room. Um... He is in the Sith, the Sith Witness Protection Program on Exegol. Hit him with a, hey, yo. And then introduce yourself, big guy. Hey, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the talk lord of the podcast, the Sith Ari, the rampaging Reverend Kiss, the butcher, the most disgruntled Star Wars fan in the galaxy, your boy Spiro. And last, but certainly not least, it is the medical droid with the Kung Fu grip. Who's not only capable of swooping in like Batman in the middle of the night and stealing your girl, but after he's done stabbing you in the back with a tear in his eye, he will look you in the face and say, Ah, 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 bitch, I just stole your thunder. Introduce yourself. I am smarter than 2 and B, more technical than FX7, the god of steel and thunder. And the guy who finally, after almost 20 years, figured out the difference between General Grievous and Padme Amidala. What's the difference? Well, General Grievous hates Jedi scum, and Padme Amidala loves Jedi scum. Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take out the trash? <laughs> Tommy, you took out the trash. She's not here yet. Don't worry. <laughs> did you I take out the trash? You would, I, I thought you would pop a lot more for that one. I did. I did. I was. I, I kind of figured it was sexually oriented, uh, but obviously, I expect no less. From the player extraordinaire, Mr. Dr. Arroyo, sex doctor extraordinaire Arroyo himself. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we like to start the show off on a good note, usually with a segment called Marky Mark and his funky tweets. Now, what does that entail? There's a gentleman. His name is Mark Hamill. Do you know who he is? Yes, of course I know who Mark Hamill is. Spiro, He's the you heart know? and soul of Star Wars. That's right. He's the face that runs the motherfucking place. Spiro, do you know who he is? It doesn't matter if you know who he is, Spiro. Go back and go make your wife a sandwich. All the way on Exegol. Uh-uh! Anyway. Um, this individual, Mr. Hamill, you can go follow him at Hamill himself on Twitter and Instagram. 
Tell them the at NFO underscore podcast sent you. Um, he encompasses the hearts of millions. And I mean millions. He's with the millions. Of fans all over the globe in 140 characters or less. So what we like to do is we like to bring some of his tweets to the limelight, to the forefront, and share it with you, our fans, all six of you guys, because we like to start off with some positivity and bring some sunshine and puppies and rainbows to this dark, troubling time. Thank God. So, you know, Mark Hamill, he's from a better time before the dark times before the empire but anyway so there's a guy named peter cushing you know who he is doc i believe i do he did a lot of like uh crazy horror movies in the 50s and worked a lot with christopher lee big time actor oh wait he was in star wars too he was a grand moff tarkin that's right and uh mark hamill did a nice tweet regarding Peter Cushing, because there was a picture posted of him and Mark Hamill, a nice black and white photo from episode four, looking at each other like in mid-conversation and having a grand old time. They're both smiling and having, you know, I guess a good conversation. But it reads this, that time, and I quote, this was a Hamill's tweet, in, per, in quotations, that time when one of the kindest and considerate of gentlemen I have ever met played one of the most heartless and evil villains in the galaxy. End quote. So, basically what he's saying is, this boy knows how to work. Unlike Alvin Alvarez and Joey Tell. What do you think, Doc? They definitely can't work. Um, it's funny, they talked about that photo saying that uh, Mark was not in costume, so clearly he was not you know, uh, acting that day, he came down to, I guess, you know, do whatever he had to do with uh, Peter Cushion over there. Um, since uh, the two of them didn't have any interaction in the Star Wars trilogy, so, which I also thought was pretty interesting. Um, they've never, they never had any scenes together. So it's cool. Um, I thought it was a nice little tribute, and Mark is known to do that stuff for his friends and for his people that he loves and his mentors and stuff, which is, which I think is great. I totally agree with you. It is great. And Spiro would say it's great. Except Spiro's not here. He's out parking. There's always cars somewhere. But We said it for him. Yes. It's great, Spiro. It's great. We miss you, big guy. Um, the one thing I... Th I don't know, man. For me, I am a huge mark for Peter Cushing. Huge Grand Moff uh, Tarkin mark. Yeah, you love that Grand Moff, I know. You know? And... Um, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, you know. And oh, you weren't talking about that, Grandma. But anyway, um, but it's pretty cool. I mean, it is kind of like ironic that they never shared a scene, you know, considering there were, you know, one was like the ultimate good guy and then the other guy was the ultimate bad guy, you know, and they didn't have a, a, their paths never crossed. Yep. Which, which was very interesting because I think everyone else's paths crossed in that movie except for maybe Vader and Han Solo. But. You well, know. eventually they did. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Let's see. I don't think Obi-Wan interacted with Grandma Tarkin at all during the movie, right? No, you're yeah. right. Good call. Good That's another call. one. So, um, uh... There was a few. Yeah. 
the more you know. Boom, 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 boom. Right? Let's 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 venture down into something that you and I both hold near and dear in our black hearts. That's comic books. Boots? Have you oh, caught up boots. on? Have you caught up on your uh, comics yet or no? So I'm gonna save you the, the, the you know the uh, the trip of asking me that every week. The answer is gonna be no. Okay. Well, you know, sharing is caring, and uh, I figured I'd ask you because we're friends. But love you, love you, big guy. Love you too. Um, no homo. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm not that Greek. Exactly. Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, Physics, iconic Clone Wars and Rebels locales. In Star Wars number 19, we see Luke Skywalker visit a numerous amount of worlds. Two in particular that stand out were uh, Ilum and Lothal. Now, Doc, do you know where these planets, why they hold so much weight in Star they, Wars lore? Because they are very prominent planets in the TV show Rebels. And Clone Wars. And Clone Wars. Oh, sorry. Yes, Ilum. My bad. So, Correct. Ilum is the planet that ends up becoming uh, Starkiller Base. And in this comic, they show that the Empire was there already draining the planet and hollowing it out. I guess building the base. Um, and this takes place after Empire, uh, Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back. Right before Return of the Jedi. And Ilum is where Yoda used to take the Padawans to collect their kyber crystals when they had to make yeah, their lights. Yeah, that's where he took the Padawans to collect their kyber crystals. <laughs> Actually, it was also in Jedi Fallen Order. What's that dude's name? Cal uh, Kestis. Cal Kestis. Finds himself there when he needed a new saber. So, But also, he's on Lothal. Now, you just said it. Lothal was in Rebels, the homeworld of Ezra Bridger. Who happens yep. to be the same age as Luke Skywalker? Um, I kind of like the fact how they tie everything together and they kind of have a lot of connective tissueing going well, they on. They should. They should. These are important things to do. I mean, you know, I I'm aware that there's you know billions and billions of planets across the galaxy, but it's nice to see them go back to the important ones like Tatooine, which everybody complains that they went back again there. You know what? Those people that complain, tough shit. Exactly. Because what's better than Star Wars? More fucking Star Wars. More fucking what's Tatooine. better than Tatooine? More fucking Tatooine. That's right. Um, or Tatooine. Um, but to me, I like the fact they're connecting all the dots, unlike the sequel trilogy. Uh, and, and it's pretty interesting that we get to see Luke being in a setting that we saw in another series. Yada yada yada, this, that, and the other, this over here, or that over there, that over there with this over here. It makes it feel like you're world building as opposed to just having shit splattered against the wall over here and then shit splattered against the wall over there. Yeah, you know? no, I, I agree. I think it's uh it's it's vital for the cause to uh to to revisit these places and to kind of continue to flesh them out, just like the characters. I mean the places themselves in Star Wars became characters, you know, the Death Star, fucking Tatooine, Endor. They were they're they're important to the lore. So, to to continue to flesh out what they are and what they represent, I think is important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I know if I can attest for myself. I'm pretty sure I can speak for you as well. But every time it snows and there's snows outside, I think a Hoth. Yep. And while I'm shoveling my walk. Yes. While I'm shoveling my property too. Um. Another thing about this episode, he ends up on this planet called uh, 
Ambalar, right? A M apostrophe B A L double A R. And on this planet, he don't finds take a Amb- don't take Ambalar if you're allergic to Ambalar. Ambalar could cause hypertension, <laughs> uh, penile dysfunction, Peyronie's disease, <laughs> anal warts. What? Um, so he finds a holocron on this planet, and he opens up this holocron using the force, and lo and behold. Guess who pops out? Not a genie. Yoda. He's <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> merchandising, merchandising. Uh, yes, it's Yoda. And basically, it all comes down to the following. Off this holocron, they're explaining how Luke continued his training between Empire and Return of the Jedi. Because we definitely see a big growth Within the, Ooh, the character. Do we see it? Where are we seeing his oh, black, black yeah. trousers? Didn't have a slimming effect, that's for sure. He had the anaconda. Um, no, but actuality, we saw him go from newbie fucking rock floater to freaking Jedi Knight in a matter of a year. So people always wondered, how did he get so powerful in such a short amount of time? Marvel does it again. They connect the dots and they're making chicken salad and chicken shit. And I commend them for it. The only thing is, I wish we saw this visually as opposed to a comic book. Yeah, I know. Now, Doc, uh, just to go off topic before we go back into comics, did you see the Star Wars Eclipse trailer this this week that dropped? I did see the Star Wars Eclipse trailer. So this is a new video game that's coming out, correct? Yeah, three to four years from now. Yeah, that is a zillion years. But they have this amazing trailer where they show these sweet clips of ships and characters and shit happening and other things going on. I mean, if this is a teaser and this is going to be three to four years from now, that's, 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 that seems, seems like an eternity to me. Um, I don't know what they're planning on doing and had keeping people's interest three to four years down the line, but that's going to be a tough thing to do. Let me ask you this. X-Men. They dropped this cinematic trailer for a video game. Yep. It looks bonkers. It looks amazing, right? Yep. Why can they not do this, use that style of animation, and portray literature that has already dropped, like a Tarkin novel, like uh, Dark Disciple, like the comic books that have dropped between you know, episodes, you know, four and five, now five and six, like the Vader series. Why can they not do that and put them on Disney Plus and release them alongside the live action stuff and, and have people connect the dots? But visually, I'm pretty sure anybody who has Disney Plus, that's a vast amount of people, that if they see something new from Star Wars on, they're going to watch it. Because they're dying for content on Disney Plus. There's only so many times you can watch fucking Silencio Bruno, you know? And nobody really wants to watch the Dr. Fauci fucking documentary because it's hey. so propaganda. He's a piece of shit, in my opinion, but I digress. Um, so, anyhow, back to Galaxy Far, Far Away. If they did something like that with, these, with the cinematic animation style that they did for a video game, but they ended up bringing out stories. They had... Uh, I mean, don't you think there that would be not only gangbusters, but don't you think it'd be financially sound of them to do so? Because it doesn't oh, take a lot to make these things. 
you don't gotta convince me. Uh, I mean, I'm there with you, my friend. Oh, I'm asking for confirmation. Maybe you can oh, concur okay. on the notion. Uh, so I thought it was a rhetorical question. I, I for sure concur. I mean, this is not a this is not a difficult medical question to answer here. Uh, this is a, a, a concur right off the bat question. Yeah, I mean, it looked great, uh, and they should be taking this and pushing it towards exactly what you said, fleshing out things that that you know that we want to see. Um, you know, Darth Maul stories, uh, Solo 2, I'll take Solo 2 in animation at this point, fuck it, whatever, who cares, just give us some cool shit, man, um, because this was pretty cool, and I, I'm not the video gamer, you know, we'll punt that to somebody else in a little bit, but in reality, um, we should be seeing this, we should be, this just should be the High Republic. Yeah, or even, even the, even, uh, the Knights of the Old Republic, you know what I mean? Like, this is exactly what should be done. Anything, you know? I just Please, Jesus, just don't understand, baby Jesus. Why? Anyway, Star Wars Crimson Rain number one. They're teasing that a character could be coming back into canon. Ooh, this, this is canon, a good one. This is a good. Yeah, one. but it's bullshit. it's bullshit. Why is it bullshit? Why? First, I'll explain who it is. Or do you want to explain to the people who it is? So, um, if you guys uh. You know, were around Star Wars fans. I don't know if many of you were. Was back in the '90s when we had pretty much nothing to go by um, after the uh, you know uh, Return, Return of the Jedi, except the comic books, some books, and some other random stuff. There was a a little ditty of a of a of a um, event called the Shadows of the Empire, where Star Wars made this big play to do some toys and do some books and do some comics and do some other stuff. That all kind of played into this this new adventure that our heroes were going on. And this adventure took place right after um, um, Empire Strikes Back into uh, prior to Return of the Jedi. It basically was them trying to save Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt. Uh, it's not canon anymore, I don't believe. And it is... Still a great story, and a few of the characters that came out of there was one guy was named Dash Rendar. Wasn't the greatest of characters in the world, um, but he was kind of supposed to be like the new Han Solo while Han Solo was frozen in carbonite. How dare you? Um, and then the main baddie of the of the uh, story was the guy who was actually running the Crimson Dawn at that point, uh, a nefarious green skin looking lizard like character named Prince Shisor. That's how you Black Sun. It. Black Sun, sorry, you're correct. Same shit. Crimson Dog, Black Sun, same old potato, potato. Um, he was the, uh, the the leader of the Black Sun, and uh, Leia was trying to make a, an alliance with them in the rebellion um, to uh, go against Jabba the Hutt and um, bring down some crime syndicate and the Empire. So they dropped, they name dropped the Prince Shisor name. And hopefully they bring him back into canon because I think he's a great character. He was pretty well developed by um, the writers of that book and series. And I'd like to see him again. And I believe he fought Darth Vader at one point in that book. I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. Well, this is why I think it's horseshit. (laughs) Because he's already canon. People forget Star Wars... Clone Wars Season 7 Where Maul Was talking to the heads of the crime syndicate And we saw The head of um, Black Sun Crimson Dawn 
which the time was not Kira, but was uh, what's his name from Solo? Um, Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss in the holocron, uh, a holo, a hologram form, and Prince Sizor was right next to him. Yep, Caesar, Sizor, you know, Caesar de Janeiro, uh, whatever his name is, you know, but he was there, so he's scanning. Yep. Yep, so this is just horseshit. Well, I mean, that was just a tiny little tease about him. You know, they didn't do anything else from there, but hopefully he'll, you know, come back. But this is what I'm saying. The the article saying, oh, now they might be teasing him into canon. You can't already tease something into canon that's in canon. Unlike Revan. That's right. Fuck Revan. Nevermore. Anyhow, another thing that got set up was that Kira's now looking to take out the Empire. And what she did, she surrounded herself with some powerful groups of people, each serving some kind of cause in her long game, if you will. And um, mm, I'll get rid one of the long these... game. Oh, absolutely. Best 30 seconds of our life. Uh, I'll, get rid of... I'll, I'll make her a mother of dragon again, boy. Very nice. Wow, wow, we were success. Yes. Um, one of these groups that decided to work with the Crimson Dawn or be within the inner circle of the Crimson Dawn was the Knights of Ren. Now, what the Knights Who? of Ren was supposed to The Knights of Ren? Who? The jobbers from fucking sequel trilogy? The cool-looking yeah. jobbers? Well, their task was to sneak into Darth Vader's castle and pull some kind of heist. Now, they didn't explain what kind of artifact or, or piece of item or whatever they were supposed to steal, but Ren, who was the leader of the group at the time, says that whatever it's going down, this would make them legends. So now they're going to tease some kind of Clash between Darth Vader and the Knights of Ren. So, would you be interested in seeing a clash like that? Uh, we, we've been talking about the Knights of Ren for like I feel like an eternity. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to see them actually do something. Uh, they are have been this, you know, the um, the absolute drizzling fucking shits to do absolutely nothing at any point. So. Let's get them on the board. Let's get them going. Let's see what they could do at this point. Yeah, but. Come on. All right. So then do you think if he, if they do fight Vader and Vader doesn't kill him, it cheapens Vader? Uh, no, I don't think it cheapens Vader. I mean, we, we, we kind of know that they're not going to kill him because. Exactly. Well, because they're around. Uh, so so Kylo could take out. And, Ky- and we know Kylo took out um, Ren himself. Not MC Ren from fucking uh, what you call it, or Ren and Stimpy. NWA, or Ren and Stimpy, but uh, but we knew he took out the Ren, uh, to become the Ren, not Sophia Loren, or Ralph Loren, not, uh, or Ralph Loren, or um, I'm I'm I lost or Lauren Bucco, uh, who don't know who that is, but I've I've lost uh, I've lost Ren's um. So we know we know how it's going to end because we know the beginning and we know the end. Um, does a cheap invader? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if you know he, he, he captures them and tortures the shit out of them. I guess you know that that would save him some of a uh, some face over there. But uh, interesting story. I'd like to see how it kind of plays out and see where it goes because anything that's going to involve the Knights of Ren, I think, is going to be welcomed by the fans because we want to see these shit fucking faces do something. I agree with you. I mean, it'd be cool if they even did a freaking Knights of Ren series, you know? But whatever. Um, we, we, need, 
We need something that's not literary form that no one's going to give a fuck about. Well, here's something that may actually spark some interest about something that no one gives a fuck about, the High Republic. Uh, oh. The Acolyte, which takes place at the tail end of the, the High Republic, which is about 50 years before Episode 1, Phantom Menace. Now they're saying that they have their lead actress in an actor called Amanda Stenberg. Amanda Hug and Kiss? Amanda Hug and Kiss. Ivana Fagina. Um... Amanda Stenenberg uh, is being uh, rumored to take the lead role. Um, okay, sure. But some articles are running with this as, yay, inclusivity and diversity. And because she claims to be non-binary and because she's black and, and, may, and may, uh, you know, all this other stuff. It's just like, let it go. Let it go. You know why she got the deals? Because she's probably a great actor. And she earned the part. So instead of dwelling on what you see, dwell on her talent and say, hey, she got the role because she's a kick-ass actress or actor and she earned it as opposed to, you know, yay, fucking Snowflake and fucking SJW nonsense. Yeah, anyway. and knowing Disney, they did hire her because of that. So, Well, who knows? <laughs> Probably. But again, it's the Acolyte and hopefully this this show ends up being... Something worth watching because, to be honest with you, I don't know how they're going to tie it into all this stuff. And the fact that they got non-Star Wars guys writing the show is a recipe for disaster as we go. But Even better. Knows? And speaking of non-Star Wars things, I still haven't even... I've only, only watched like one episode of Visions. Have you even watched, finished the rest of it? Yeah, I saw them. They were good. It was actually yeah, pretty I, good. I just got to sit down over the break and watch them. They, they're quick. Like That's a married man in, in bed. Hey, uh, speaking about non-canon shit, KOTOR. <laughs> uh, I, I want to throw this to Spiro, but first let me explain what's going on. They're doing some kind of Sith expansion pack to the MMO game. Um, it's going to be delayed to February, 20, February 15, 2022, which is actually the game's 10th year anniversary of service. So Spiro... Please enlighten us on what, how you feel that this is being pushed back to February 2022. And do you even care because it's a 10-year anniversary or you just want to get it now? Let us know your thoughts. Rant on, my friend. Rant on. Gotta love how, you know, the media, you know, news, journalists, whatever you want to fucking call them. They love to sensationalize things and make things a little bigger than what they are. I get it, you know. Um, Legacy of the Sith, you know, delayed until 2022. Well, it's it's only been delayed till February 15, February 15 of 2022. Uh, when I first heard about this delay, which was around mid to end of last month, um, I, I, didn't, I really didn't have a problem with it because what these guys have been doing, okay, leading up to this big expansion, this big update, uh, 7.0. And what they're going to be bringing us is a pretty ambitious. And um, not only that, but guys, these guys, these guys are still working on this game and it's out of love. Now, yeah, they are making money from the subscribers. I just renewed my subscription. Um, I've been playing it here and there when I can. Um, 
you know, I, you know, and, and and I can't wait. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep playing till this thing comes out, and I want to see what it's about. Um, past that, I don't know because to be honest, you know, I don't have much t much time in my life to to do anything. But you know, listen, man, what they got planned? If they need the extra month or two to work a few kinks out, a few bugs fine so be it you know these guys uh you know you always have like a new update or a new game or something that comes out and everybody's excited it comes out and it's full of fucking bugs uh it didn't quite meet your expectations and these guys you know as we already know the director behind this game is a, is fucking passionate about star wars he loves star wars I already said he's like the Felonian Favre or Favreau, how, however he fucking says his goddamn name, of the Star Wars gaming business. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm cool with it. You know, it's a bit more, it's a bit longer, you know, that we have to wait. But I think it's going to be worth it. Um, you know, they're they're describing this as, you know... A huge military campaign that takes place on the planet of Manan. Uh, casual Star Wars fans probably have no fucking clue what that is, where that is. Um, you know, if if you've been playing Swotor, if you know anything about the old Republic, uh, you're f familiar with the planet's name and s some of the lore. Um, but yeah, man. You know, I'm excited. I can't wait. Um, I haven't had a chance to really play with the multiple disciplines and all that shit. Um, so I, I can't really give you a proper review of the last update. Um, I do like what I see. I think the game is smoother. Um, I got a few Sith characters. I got a bounty hunter character. I got a Jedi character. My daughter created her own fucking character. You know, so it's a bit of a family affair. But, uh, yeah, guys, just wait. Just be patient. February 15th. I don't know if any of you who are, who are even listening to me ramble even play fucking Swotor or give a fuck about it. But check it out. It's free to play, to download. If you get a subscription, $15 a month, it... It earns you quite quite a few perks, okay? Um, I think it's worth it. If you're a Star Wars fan and you're a gaming fan, I think the subscription price is definitely worth it. I mean, you know, these guys are working on this game for many years. Other games of this type have come and gone. But, you know, Star Wars, the old Republic is still here and is standing the test of time. And there's no end date in sight. But I'm sure at some point it's going to have to end. Uh, unrelated real quick. These guys are talking about ways to keep the game going for for the players even after they stop supporting it. Because at some point these guys are going to have to move on to something else. Maybe Disney hires them to work on something. You know, I don't know. But again, February 15th, be there or be square. 
That was great, Spiro. I'm glad someone cares because we don't give a fuck. It's not canon anyway. Just like uh, <laughs> Revan. But I digress. Um, Doc, don't you think sometimes, you know, in life, there's an opportunity. You don't say something you should have said. And then you look back on it and go, ah, man, I should have said that. Of course, my life or, is full with that stuff. Or I, sh- or I shouldn't have said that. That's more full with that stuff. <laughs> the reason why I'm trying to segue is that Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? Um, they're saying, and they being some people on the interwebs, are of the see, opinion that... they Reddit losers, but whatever. Yeah. Um, they state that the introduction of Boba Fett at the canon missed a grand opportunity. There the, was the, line... the, the reintroduction to me when he was found by the Mandalorian... Yes, and he was. Um, uh, you know, he popped back into there. So there's, so there's a line, in Dark Empire, um, which I love, um, where Boba Fett pops back up and is against uh, Solo. Is Solo, and he tells him, uh, and, he, and Solo was like shocked that he survived, and he says uh, something to, along the lines of, "The Sarlacc found me quite indigestible, Solo." Give the man, yeah. Well, it's uh, somewhat indigestible, but you're pretty spot on with your fucking uh, photographic memory, my friend. So which, give the which, man, which, which which I think is a really dope fucking line, by the way. Yeah, I think I think they really did miss the opportunity to do that. But to be honest with you, let's play devil's advocate here. Playing his comeback didn't involve anybody from the original trilogy who saw him fall into the Sarlacc pit. So they don't know he fell into the Sarlacc pit. So they could still use the line in the Book of Boba Fett if Han Solo ventures there or if Luke Skywalker ventures into this series. True, true, true. Because there is rumors that Grogu will be making an appearance in Book of Boba Fett. And you know wherever Grogu's going, you got to see Luke because of the ending of Season 2 of Mandalorian. Yep. So this is, but and potentially we got to see Mando too if they're still in contact. So, yeah. Well, look, this is according to StarWarsNews.net, which is a reliable source. Um, they say a credible source informed them that Grogu was seen on an official merchandise worn by the crew working on the Book of Boba Fett show. Grogu was seen on. He was seen on set. (laughs) No, 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 not he was seen on set. He was. There was Grogu was seen. On official merchandise. I know he was seen on set. He was they, seen on set. They caught him it? leaving. They they caught him leaving with um uh Kim Kardashian. Oh no, sorry, that was Pete Davidson. My bad. <laughs> he Shit. looks more like Salacious Crumb, dude. Shout out to Pete Davidson who just keeps fucking knocking him over. Yeah, he probably has the fucking not the only power of laughter, but he probably yeah, has the magic but- stick. Probably a 70, 75 pounds of, uh, of Staten Island white snake in his pants. There we go. That's some banta fodder for you. Uh, <laughs> the outlet also included that a special type of merchandise is produced on projects for special people and that this may be where Grogu was spotted. An official crew member t-shirt was found on Reddit earlier in 2021 that featured Grogu on the front and Boba Fett in a shootout on the back. So... Okay. I mean, if he does show up, it's no secret. They did say this is going to be Mandalorian Season 2.5. Continue the story. 
Yep. So of course we're going to see some some interwoven connective tissue between Mandalorian into Boba Fett into Ahsoka into whatever other series are going to be part of the Filoni verse the Favreau verse. But Doc, do you remember a deleted scene in New Hope that took place on Tatooine? I believe you're speaking about the uh, Toshi Station scene where they. Uh, I don't know uh, Toshi. I know Tashi. Tashi, where they ran at the Bigs. Is that the right? one? And yeah, with Carrie Marstrap and Lays L- uh, Lonazer. Yeah, oh, sure. I remember those guys. Uh, I think it was, it was. I think it was Cammy, right? Cammy. That's what I said. Cammy Manstrap. No, yeah. Cammy Marstrap, not Manstrap. Cammy Manstrap. Look at you. You listen. She, she's Italian, not Greek. Relax. <laughs> Forget about it. Anyway, the reason I bring it up is because they're saying that in the new Boba Fett trailer, uh, or the TV spot, whatever you want to call it, they're making this uh, something, this deleted scene canon, because the background kind of looks like Tashi, uh, Tashi Station, and these two people getting beat up by, I guess, certain aliens resemble these two characters. They even dressed very similar. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, honestly, I, I, I told... You're not going to believe me, but when I watched this, I looked at them and I'm like, those people look somewhat familiar. I just couldn't place where they were from. Um, and then when you said that article, I was like, shit, maybe that that definitely triggered exactly what I was thinking about. So it's quite possible that this is there and it would be a good um, a good kind of segue into them, you know, showing us stuff that that we enjoy, stuff from the past, uh, you know, stuff that, that, that they love digging up. So um It'd be interesting to see if this is the case. Um, if it is, great. If it's not, you know, does it really matter? Not so much, but I still think it's pretty cool. Well, it's always good to see stuff turn up, you know, um, nostalgia-wise, connected tissue-wise. But when stuff turns up, is always a good thing, in my opinion. So I agree with you, Doc. But yep. speaking about turning up, I'm not talking about turning up the volume, but Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher turned up on set still drunk. While filming Empire Strikes Back, um, after partying with the Rolling Stones one night, so I don't know you, but for me, this is totally rock and roll, and this is what you know used to happen seventies, eighties, and nineties. Instead of going back to your safe space, you know, having your juice box and your freaking mozzarella fucking cheese strip, and playing fucking video games all night, you went out and you partied hard because you, pl- you played hard because you worked hard. Right. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, hearing the story actually made me laugh um, because they also kind of spilled the beans on the fact that Harrison Ford was was plowing a 19 year old Carrie Fisher at some point. But he only was like three months and then he dumped it because he probably got bored of her. Um, but uh, I you could 100 percent see them going out and, you know, doing a few lines, putting a few back and then showing up to work the next day because they said, they didn't want to go to sleep because they felt that they were going to miss work the next day. So they just said, fuck it. I went through the whole thing. They didn't want to be hung over. But meanwhile, they showed up hung over. Well, why don't we just play the clip right now? So producer extraordinaire, pop that baby in. You were shooting Empire Strikes Back. Is that right? And uh, there was a night when you had a big shooting day the next day. You're supposed to get some rest. And instead of getting some rest, you partied all night. With, with Harrison, Stones. with the Harrison Ford and the Rolling Stones. Well, because I had rented the house of Eric Idle, and he was on location in Tunisia. I'm making this up. <laughs> and uh, they gave drinks to the extras that they called a Tunisian death drink, which they then shared with Harrison and myself. 
So when we arrive on Cloud City, you can still see the effects of the Tunisian death drink. And we hadn't slept at all. We found that scene. <laughs> and you're telling me that you can tell in this scene that you're hungover? Can you no, see? No, we're not hungover. I'm, he drank more than I did, so I'm, I'm mad at him. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're, you're angry yeah. that Harrison managed to get more Alcohol. Tunisian death Death's sauce right. into his face. As per usual. Yeah. As per usual, Harrison Ford. Well, that was funny. That was definitely a good clip of the, the late, great Carrie Fisher. Um, Mark Hamill himself confirms some onset behavior from Harrison Ford. Um, we all know that he's, he could be a little bit of curmudgeon when it comes to Star Wars, playing the cool guy, right? But we know yeah. that Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill are close friends. And Hamill looks up to him like a big brother, taught him how to be cool. And then Harrison, you know, has said, said in past interviews that Mark Hamill is one of the sweetest people he's ever met and a good, hearty, kind individual. So during a 2015 interview, now this is freaking seven years ago. I don't know why it popped up recently as news, but everything happens for a reason. There's no such thing as coincidence in my world. This 2015 interview with Empire, uh, Mark Hamill shared a funny story about an incident with uh, Mr. Han Solo himself and uh, the Millennium Falcon. You heard about Harrison taking a saw to the Millennium Falcon because he got mad. People were coming up to Mark Hamill going, you got to stop Harrison. He's sawing up the Falcon. It was made of wood and just took a saw to it. And we all know that Harrison Ford was also a carpenter before he made it big as a as an actor. Hamill didn't share exactly. Uh, I didn't know that. Oh, really? Hamill didn't share. You know who else was a carpenter? Jesus. Oh, you fuck! You stole my answer. Hamill didn't share. <laughs> <laughs> Hamill didn't share exactly what Ford was mad about when he decided to make such an unorthodox use of his skills as a carpenter. See, wow! But he did share. That he was able to bring things to a peaceful resolution. I love Harrison. Uh, Hamill explained. I got to stop him because I can make him laugh when he gets really, really mad. And I had no stake in it. He Look, was with kid. Me. I'm going to chop this falcon up and you're going to do nothing about it. <laughs> uh, I had no stake in it, he claims. He was with Carrie and I was just hanging out with Yoda. The Yoda reference is... Oh, my God. I just got a bad visual. Oh, God. <laughs> Because he's a puppet. Because <laughs> Yoda's a puppet. You think he's giving fucking Luke fucking... Anyway. And up my ass there is. The Yoda reference is a clue that this incident in question happened during filming of Empire Strikes Back. Um, fortunately, Hamill was there to calm Ford down in production of what many fans considered to be the masterpiece of the entire Star Wars series. So, what's your thoughts about this? About him going all fucking bonkers on set? Uh, you know, typical actor bullshit. You know, we see we see this happen all the time from all these you know pretty boys who uh, lose their shit for whatever fucking reason. But uh, this is an old uh, the Christian Bale, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, this, hold on, insert Christian Bale rant here. Kick your fucking ass! I want you off the fucking set, you prick! Sorry. No, don't just be sorry. Think for one fucking second. What the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip that? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want? No. 
No! Don't shut me up! Am I gonna walk around and rip your fucking lights down? In the middle of a scene? Then why the fuck are you walking right through? Ah, oh, da 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 da, like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? What don't you fucking understand? You got any fucking idea about, hey, it's fucking distracting having somebody walking up behind Bryce in the middle of the fucking scene. Give me a fucking answer. What don't you get about it? I was looking at the light. Oh, good for you. And how was it? Um, thank you, Christian. Thank you. Um, so you can see this happening, and especially for the fact that a uh, didn't the Falcon attack Han Solo itself and break his leg at one point? Uh, you know, we call that in the wrestling, wrestling business a fucking <laughs> a receipt. receipt. <laughs> <laughs> ah, true uh, that is. That's hilarious. Fuck you, Han. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking about Han Solo, one of my favorite characters. Uh, my favorite character, actually. There's a there's a place called uh, or a site called Giant Freaking Robot, who someone told me was not a real credible site, but they shared that Harrison Ford will be playing Han Solo once again. Oh my goodness, they, he he's risen from the grave. Yeah, they hear the actor recently filmed his part for an upcoming project. While Giant Freaking Robot sources were unclear on what upcoming project Harrison Ford was on set for. We're hearing that's either The Mandalorian Season 3 or The Book of Boba Fett. We also hear Harrison Form filled the DH Town Solo for the project. Now, this isn't far-fetched because now in Indy 5, we've seen pictures online of him with the dots on his face, you know, when they do the CGI motion capture. Yeah, I, thought he was in, I thought he was Indian for a second. Uh, not Red Dot uh, or Feather. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, like when they had a little Peter Nyong'o, you know, when they did the Maz Kanata thing, you know? Yep, and But yep, instead yep. of CGI an alien face, they'll put a young Han Solo face. So I am convinced, I called this for Mandalorian Season 2, I am calling this for Book of Boba. We will see Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Luke Skywalker share the screen together in one single shot in Book of Boba. We might even get Carrie Fisher too as a threesome. The Holy Trinity Whoa. all together. You heard wow. it here first. Uh, I, I I know better now to you know to to, to doubt your uh, Nostradamus like skills. So um, I'm not going to shoot it down. I'm excited, and if it happens, I'll be even more excited. Okay, so let me ask you this: Yeah, uh, better chances of seeing Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, possibly uh, Leia together in Book of Boba, or Mace Windu. I don't think Mace. Oh man, no, Mace does have a connection there. Well, I don't know, man. That's a rough one for me to. For, what do you think would get a bigger there. pop? I think they. I think they'd all get a big pop. I think Mace would probably get a bigger pop, though. I would book it where Mace saved his life, so this way he can't kill him. Because, I don't want him to bring him back just to kill him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Mace, uh, you know, would, we're under the assumption that he is dead. And we know Solo was alive during this time period, so I think Mace would be a bigger pop. Okay, I agree. Well, your favorite, one of your favorite films, Return of the Jedi, just hit a a major accomplishment. You want to let the fans know what the hell I'm rambling about? They made a porno movie about it. Oh, really? 
with Ron Jeremy. No. Um, Revenge fuck of the Jedi. Exactly. <laughs> Hate fuck of the Jedi. Uh, they, um, it's been uh, inducted into the National Library of Congress, I believe. No, man, the Congress uh, National uh, Film Registry. Uh, that was close enough. Um, <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> Tarkin, Moff, 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 Miff. They, uh, as one Biff, of the top, Biff. as one of the greatest films, uh, what do they do, like a Hall of Fame every single year? Yes, yeah, like 25 films are inducted. Like every year, is, right? Yeah, this is one of the films. It joins the original trilogy all together. Um, episode four and five were inducted. I think Empire Strikes Back was in 2010. Star Wars was in 1989. Um, and their reasoning was uh, the original Star And this is the, in quotations. The, an actual quote from the um, National Film Registry. They said the original Star Wars trilogy reached its first apex with its with this film. The third release in a galaxy far, far away trifecta directed by Richard Marquand from a story, of course, George Lucas Jedi launches uh, Lucas's original legend, legendary characters, Luke, Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and others. They don't mention Chewbacca, just like he didn't get a medal, fucking racist, on a series of new adventures, which takes fans from the planet of Tatooine to the deep forests of Endor. Populated by intriguing new characters, including Ewoks and the gluttonous Jabba the Hutt, and filled with the series' trademark humor, heart thrills, and chills. Jedi, though perhaps not quite up to the lofty standards of its two predecessors, still ranks as an unquestioned masterpiece of fantasy, adventure, and wonder. And it's still better than Star Trek, unquote. Oh, 100%. So, uh, pretty cool, man. Yeah, I think it's a, a nice honor to have all three of them finally in there. It seems like you said the last one was 11 years ago with Empire. Um, I think it's a good honor. I think uh, it's uh, just further cements the fact that Star Wars is the greatest trilogy and the greatest movie series of all time. Unlike, despite, despite the fact that they also inducted um, one of the Lord of the, one of the Lord of the Rings movies in there too, I, think, I believe. Yeah, they, simultaneously. It just, it's a documentary about how to walk. Because that's all they do in the three yeah, films. Exactly. Um, it's it's a documentary about about little people homosexuality. Yes, yes, very true. And it's not even Greek, which is funny. Um, so here's the deal: Star Wars is the greatest IP of all time, greatest franchise in my opinion, greatest IP, greatest sci-fi thing, except for the commercial for the Star. <laughs> The Star Cruiser Hotel thing that just the Disney's about to drop. You saw the commercial? I did. So I it got pulled, right? Because I had I didn't see it before it got pulled. Oh, you still haven't seen it? Nope. Oh, uh, it's the drizzling shits, bro. You could probably watch it if you go on Star Wars Theory. He did like a video on it. Yeah. So it's part of his video. Um, but here's the deal. After this video dropped and it got fucking reamed on the internet, so much hate. A, a plethora of reservations have been canceled for this Stark line, whatever cruiser it's called that was booked four months in advance. Now it's $6,000 for a family, $5,000 for two individuals to stay there for two nights. And now all these openings are going on because people are pulling their money back. They don't want to stay on that because of this freaking shitty ass commercial that they dropped. And they're reporting that they're having problems with the retractable lightsabers that's supposed to be this great new invention that Disney dropped, 
but they're not selling it to the public. Nope. You can't even use it during the show. Only the people who work there are allowed to use it, and they have a problems yep. using it. Yep. Apparently, it's it's super fragile, and and the the they finally gave us a little hint as to how the technology is working, and it seems that um, inside the handle is almost like you know how you know when you do a tape measure where you the metal kind of comes out and then it slides back in. So it's got some kind of metal that kind of comes up from there and and gets the blade, and then you know it ignites based on that. Like I guess it reflects or whatever. I don't know. But that's the technology that it's having there. So I wonder if they're all like little floppy that are just hanging over, like you know, like like you know, a little, a little old man's dick to just go <laughs> makes the noise when it comes back over. <laughs> it's a little limp biscuit, little friends, Fred yeah. Durst over there. But th- there's no pill for this, unfortunately, for for these lightsabers. I feel bad for them. Yeah. Oh well. No Cialis, no Viagra. Honestly. So. Um, I, I really feel kind of betrayed by Disney with this. Oh, the me fact too. That, the fact that they made this. Is it affordable? Listen, you can afford anything. You save enough money. But is it really attainable? Do you really want to spend that much money on a few nights of some fucking Disney shit star cruiser with some shitty ass food? Not using their actual real lightsaber. It's why. And you got to pay for drinks. Yeah. Fuck that shit. I, honestly, honestly, I really hope it fucking flops. And this is really difficult for me to say because I would love to go there regardless of the price. But I hope it fucking flops. And I hope they realize they fucked up. Then they go back and they're like, you know what? We're going to alter the price on this and just make normal Disney fucking prices. Which, by the way, hurt in your asshole when you go there anyway. So um, let's bring it back down to fucking planet Earth instead of fucking planet whatever. And uh, charge some real prices for this shit. Absolutely. And uh, speaking about hurting in the asshole and all this stuff. I just found out grandpa's addicted to Viagra. No one's taking it harder than grandma. (laughs) Ancient, but I love it. (laughs) I heard that today. I died laughing. All right, man. Something came up. It's an opinion piece. I want to share. It's a good topic. Vader came in contact with Luke Skywalker before Empire Strikes Back. Before Boba Fett found out that his last name was Skywalker and he realized that's his son. And what he did is he, during the comic book series, um, it was a 2015 Star Wars run by Jason Aaron and John Cassidy. Uh, They had their first face-to-face encounter. And basically Luke was underdeveloped as a Jedi and Vader was able to fucking force pull his saber out of his fucking hand. Realized that was his old saber. Then he realized that Obi-Wan was the one that trained him. But then he wanted to turn Luke to the dark side. Key question is, why? And the answer, for, according to this individual, is to get revenge on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Because he wanted to turn the last hope for the Jedi... Um, into a Sith and to uh, corrupt him just like Palpatine had corrupted the Chosen One um, who obviously was believed to destroy the Sith not join them but I thought it was an interesting take on the matter so another interesting question is was he going to take take him under his wing to be an Inquisitor or a Sith Apprentice What's your take on the whole matter, Doc? Uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. I, you know, there's a small period of time 
where this happens in um where you know clearly vader vader knows that there's some kid out there who's got some some kind of juice going on and you know he also encountered obi-wan kenobi at that point on the death star and, mur- and murdered him un- unmercifully um so he knows something's up with this kid he clearly knows that he's connected to obi-wan somehow and he's got some kind of powers because he uh, was able to make that shot the death star and um you know thwart their plans over there so something's up uh vader's no dummy um and he realized that this power is going to be something that he wants to harness and he wants to take for himself and use so it makes sense that he would be the one to step out and try to do it uh however way possible and we know those sith you know they love to uh turn in their masters and um and 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 take the throne for themselves so what better way to do it than with the last hope of the Jedi, which would be a real fucked up thing to do for Toby Wan Kenobi. And those guys had no love lost with each other, so. Very true. Uh, we I, do I, say- I, I, I think it's a legitimate, sorry, I think it's a legitimate theory, so I, 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 I would like to run with it for the very short period of time it happened. No, definitely. Um, when we were talking about Boba bringing something into canon, I actually thought they were going to, before I read the article, I was thinking, that that it's gonna come to to pass that he's the one who killed Amperu and uh, Uncle Owen and disin- and uh, left them burning and disintegrated them. That's yeah, where it goes. No disintegrations, you know. But that's yeah. just my head cannon. Um, we do a segment on this show, Doc. I don't know if you're 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 down with it. It's not we a do, shopping list. It's not a laundry list, but it's called. You just made the list. You just made the list. And what we do is we go over lists that we find on the interwebs regarding Star Wars and we go through them. We present it to you fans and we let you know whether or not it's good or if it's horseshit. So, Doc, I know you have your, your fucking drooling and clamoring at the bits to do the first list. Go ahead. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm definitely clamoring at the bits as I'm in the middle of painting my... Um, your bits? My bits. My... Uh, my Tables Bruce Banner, my my Bruce Banner custom over here that I'm doing. Let me see. Um, purple oh, pants. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, pants. exactly. Well, I had to make the pants purple because you know the Hulk always fucking had purple pants. Um, yeah. So this list I think was really right, up, literally right up my alley, and I was glad that you sent it pop because when I saw it, I was like white. Mario Cantone, Steve Pipe Alley. Yeah, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want Mario Cantone up my alley, but uh, <laughs> he's a, uh, you know, Fonzanuts, as they say oh, in the business. What's a Fonzanut, Doc? Fonzanuts is the guy who falls in the bathtub and bites the bubbles. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, this list is called <clears throat> 10 Things About Bib Fortuna That Only Die Hard Fans Know." Not movie, been, not not fans of the movie Die Hard, but meaning Die Hard as in exactly. fanboys of Star Wars. And by the way, Doc, Die Hard mm. is not a Christmas movie. It's one hundred percent a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's my second favorite Christmas movie. By it's the way, just to let you know, the band go. It's 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 only uh, Trump by by Scrooge, which is my favorite Christmas movie. Um, all right, I'm gonna read this in uh in in Bib Fortuna ease. Okay, speaking of Bib Fortuna ease, did you know that Bib Fortuna? <laughs> He preferred to speak hot teas and not basic, uh, as we saw in uh, Return of the Jedi. You're going to lose your fucking voice. <laughs> it's already half gone. Um, 
So him and so he preferred to speak Hadith because you know his boy Jabba spoke Hadith, so he wanted to, uh, uh, you know, really be the major domo, which we'll talk about in a bit as what that means uh, for Jabba Zihut and uh, and really grovel to Jabba because that was his his lot in life was groveling to Jabba. Um, okay, number two, his my my pre my previous career choices. Uh, apparently, uh, he cut his teeth on criminal matters, mostly slave trading. And uh, Jabba is okay with me trading slaves in Tatooine, so I continue to trade slaves in Tatooine. Uh, number three. Sorry. Are you Biff Fortuna or Adam Sandler, dude? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my job was dangerous. Uh, Biff's job was dangerous. Jabba was known to uh, really destroy people who pissed him off or got in his way. So Bib really had to be careful around him um, and keep his master happy as his major domo. Master! Master! A.K.A. the chief, the chief steward. Um, Jabba had kept me around for many, many years. By the way, Adam Sandler and Bib Fortuna, the exact same voice. Um, yes. As we saw in uh, episode one, Jabba and Bib were actually together during that pot race. So he's, and he was with him for a little bit longer than that. Um, this is a really good one, by the way. I am a man of average height. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why that was. I don't know why either. I, I, I just need to read the whole thing. Uh, the official <laughs> Bib Fortuna databank entry on StarWars.com lists his height as 1.8 meters, which is approximately 5 foot 9 inches. That meant he was average height. And the combination of his thin physical build wasn't enough to intimidate those he dealt with. So to compensate, he had to rely on Jabba's notorious reputation. Okay. Uh you know, Jabba has rancor that belongs to me. Apparently, <laughs> Bib owned Jabba's rancor and bequeathed it as a gift to Jabba. Bequeathed, bequeathed, bequeathed oh, it. Oh, gotcha. Okay, and this rancor's name was Patissa. I think I had that at the uh, Batista. Pr- <laughs> ah, walk alone. <laughs> Patissa, which I think is Batista's <laughs> sister, um, who's also bald and tattooed. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, de- we're devolving. Uh, and uh, he, he, you know, the rancor really uh, kept Jabba happy because he killed a lot of his enemies. Um, I, you know, one time I survived encounter with Darth Vader. Apparently, uh, Vader was uh, wanting to kill Jabba to get Han Solo's um, uh, body from him exactly during the the War of the Banners, and there was an encounter between the two that. Uh, Bib narrowly escaped with his life, uh, and Boba Fett really disliked him. As you couldn't, if you couldn't tell at the end of Mando season two, Boba wasn't a big fan. Uh, but he wasn't a big fan of him even prior to that. Uh, this is a, this is two good ones that I didn't know. So Michael Carter portrayed him in Return of the Jedi. That was the actor who played him. He was in a Doctor Who and American Werewolf of London, um, and a bunch of other things. But he but he played Bib Fortuna. But what I didn't know was the next thing is that the voice of Bib Fortuna was a guy named Eric Bausfeld, who also did the voice of Admiral Akbar, um, and not the guy uh, who played him, Michael Carter. But oddly enough, you can get a cameo from Michael Carter, but it's not Bib Fortuna's voice. I'm glad I didn't pay 50 bucks for that because I would have felt cheap and gypped if I didn't get the actual Bib Fortuna. Put on your yarmulke. Hanukkah. <laughs> oh God! 
Oh, uh, so it's funny because the person who played him in the book of Boba was the same guy who played him in episode one, which is not Michael Carter, yeah. which is some some other guy from ILM um, who stepped in. So, all right, well, pretty good list. You guys are busy over here, you know, they, they can't get shit done, so. Next topic on the list, Disney Star Wars sequels used by Lucas's original plans. But, in parentheses, but ruined them. So it's Disney Star Wars sequels used Lucas's original plans. Number one, Ray training with Luke Skywalker. In some, sequels, in some of Lucas's sequel plans, a force-sensitive teenager... Might have been named fucking Taryn, Thea, Winky, fucking Dickity Do, whatever. Could you imagine if they gave us a character named Winky that was the main oh character? I would God. have been like, guys, it's, it's, it's over before it started. Yeah. So this character, this teenager, would have sought out Luke Skywalker. Luke would have been. Uh, Luke also would have detailed his intention to rebuild the Jedi Order, partially with survivors of the Empire's Jedi Purge. Luke would never. Specified whether or not Luke's endeavors would fail, but the aged Jedi would nevertheless be in exile when the Force-sensitive girl found him, and he'd be reluctant to train her as a Jedi. The girl's relations to the famous Star Wars character, such as Hanley or Palpatine, was also never specified. This idea was a key component of the second Disney sequel, The Last Jedi, Spiro's favorite movie. The Force-sensitive girl, a young adult in the films, Ray sought out Luke for help. Uh... Because of our new discovered connection to the Force, Luke has failed to properly rebuild the Jedi Order, becoming a shadow of his former self. Luke's motivation from going to the exile in the film was questionable to many viewers. Again, the execution sucked. With his abandoning of his friends, family, and the people of the galaxy and allowing evil to succeed being dubious when compared to his characterization in previous appearances, Lucas would have likely been more creative when explaining Luke's exile giving him purpose instead of turning him into yet another disillusioned, cynical version of beloved hero, which has become a cliche in recent years. Well said. Number two, Luke Skywalker's death in the Star Wars sequels. Lucas also intended for Luke Skywalker to die in his trilogy, possibly in his version of episode eight as well. Though Mark's Hamill suggests that Luke was set to die in the last film of the trilogy, the context surrounding Luke's death isn't known. But the detail isn't entirely surprising. Lucas introduced a new Force-sensitive hero and planned to focus on the children of the original trilogy as protagonists, with reimagining versions of Luke's Legends era son, Ben Skywalker, possibly being included into Lucas' sequel plans. Whatever Lucas was planning, he would have likely been respectful to Luke's characterization and given him a fitting end at the end of the sequels. Unfortunately, mishandled, mishandled Luke Skywalker in the sequel uh, was having him ignore the beleaguered New Republic and later resistance after helping create one of the greatest threats. Yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Star Wars sequels will focus on Vader's grandchildren. Okay. I'm tired. It's late. I don't want to read anymore. <laughs> anyway. Um, sorry to cut that short. Look, I'm going to say this. This list is horseshit. And I'll tell you why. Because now. We have people from the story group, group like that asshole uh, Pablo Hidalgo come out and say, oh, yeah, we used all of Lucas's things. We just interpreted them differently. Meanwhile, there's an author, oh, I forgot his name, who threw out what 789 should have been, according to Lucas, 
in 2007, 2008, maybe even 2010, before he sold it to Disney. And Darth Maul was the villain, with Talon being his apprentice, which yep. is completely different. Um, and then there was talks about Lucas from the horse's mouth. He said that he was going to focus more on the will of the Force, which were organisms within the Mandalorians on a sub-level particle basis, almost like quantum realm, like Ant-Man and all that stuff. And people were like, ah, more fucking midichlorians. No, nah, I don't want to double down on that. Yep. So there's three different versions out there, just like the original sequel, like the original trilogy, how many different drafts there were and what Luke Skywalker was, what Han Solo originally was, and this, that. It's always fucking changing. It's always changing. So who knows? It's nine part. It's 12 part. It's three part. No one knows. There's so many stories going around that it keeps everyone's head spinning. And everyone's like, eh, whatever. We got what we got. We're happy with that. So, lesson be learned, ladies and gentlemen. Doc, you want to go from a certain point of view? You want to wrap it up? Uh, let's wrap it up. All right. Let them know where they can find you at. You can find me at Dr. D-R underscore destroyer. D-E-S-T-R-R-O-I-O. Instagram, Alex Royal MD. Twitter, Alex Royal on Facebook. Spiro, let them know where they can find you at when you're not jacking off on Exegol. Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me, God knows where the fuck, aside from work these days. But if, but check out the Rational Rage Network. Uh, have you know, there's other guys doing doing things there. Uh, you got wrestling shows. You got fucking doomsday prepper shows. Uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiriton, and that's it, guys. That was great, Spiro. Thank you. Thank you always very great. much. Always great. Always. Even though Revan's not canon. Uh, you can find me at Greek Papadon on Twitter and Instagram. Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Greek Papadon is the YouTube channel. Go subscribe. I just threw up some new promos and some new videos of matches. Uh, the Pro Wrestling Tees store. You can get Greek Papadon t-shirts. It's Pro Wrestling Tees slash Greek Papadon. And if you want a video message, like a cameo message from Papadon, you can get through Pro Wrestling Tees as well. I'll, I'll roast you. I'll put you over. Whatever you want. Anyhow, more importantly, you can find all of us together at NFO underscore podcast on Twitter, New Force Order on Instagram, official New Force Order on Facebook. Um, New Force Order at yahoo.com is the email address. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope we uh, entertained you. Hope we enlightened you. Most importantly, I hope we got Star Wars more over with you. Because we will never get star we will never get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. This has been another exciting edition, thrilling edition, captivating edition of the new force order for life. And that's just too sweet. Henceforth you shall be known as the new false order. You want me to go fucking trash your lights? Do you want me to fucking trash them? Fuck! And what the fuck is it with you? I was looking at the light. Fuck! And what the fuck is it with you? I was looking at the light. Fuck! And what the fuck is it with you? I was looking at the light. Fuck! And what the fuck is it with you? I was looking at the light. It's fucking distracting. Oh, good. It's fucking distracting.
Fucking ass.